I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. I'm going to wear a captain suit the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this for is you. the chemistry lab. You're I just verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Stephen Fonte here with you inside the News Channel 9 studios. We've got Pauly Sebelia out in Louisville getting set for a basketball game tonight. But, uh, of course, we're going to start the show uh, with what happened last night in Cincinnati as uh, Bill's defensive back, Damar Hamlin, uh, suffered what uh, the team is calling cardiac arrest. He is uh, still listed in critical condition uh, in a Cincinnati hospital. We will have uh, John Schmelk from the Giants joining us in the next segment, as he does at 12.15 every Tuesday. Uh, Paul Rogers, voice of Louisville basketball, 12.30, and then Alan Griffin, 12.45, to, to, to talk about some other sports. We will get into some other sports today uh, as the show moves along, but, uh, but Paulie, we, we start with what, with what we saw last night, and... Um, it was, I think, emotional for, for everyone involved. I, I can't imagine uh, what the players and DeMar Hamlin's family uh, went through. And, and you know, it's been said a million times, but I, I'm going to make it a million and one. I, all we can really do is, is pray for that young man and, and hope that he pulls through. Um, but it was uh, was certainly a, an emotional scene. And um, I'll be honest with you, Paulie, I, I still am, am shaken up over uh, over what I saw last night. Yeah, Steve, I didn't even actually see it happen. I was checking into my hotel as it happened. And when I got up into my room and turned on the TV, it was, whoa, this is uh, uncharted water. So I actually am glad I kind of missed it and I haven't seen the actual video of it. But just knowing what happens, it, it it's it's so difficult to like, even comprehend. You could see everybody was struggling last night, broadcasters, players, you know, fans. It was, it was tough to watch, but you also just couldn't stop watching either. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, you know, as a matter of fact, my my son called me when he left soccer practice. Uh, he plays on a travel team, and and he, you know, he's a big Bills fan, is just like I am. And uh, you know, his phone was blowing up during practice, I guess. And he got out of practice, he called me. He said, "What happened?" And I, I'm trying to describe it to him. And this was this was probably, I mean, this was when Demar Hamlin was still on the field, and. I I started to talk to him. I got choked up. I, it was it was hard to explain what was going on. And you see, you know, Josh Allen with tears in his eyes and tears streaming down Stephon Diggs's face, and and you knew that it was it was very serious. In fact, I I said to my wife as soon as the hit happened, and you kind of saw the the first trainers on the field. There was a there was an urgency when it happened, and you said you didn't see it live, so you may not have have even seen the play at this point. Um, Paulie, because they stopped showing it. But as soon as he went down and the, the first trainers got out there, um, there, were, there was an urgency immediately that you, you could tell that it was, um, it, you, you felt like it was a life or death, death situation right, right away. And, um, and it, it still obviously is, is that uh, right now. And it's the, the, the football game aside, and, you know, we'll, we'll certainly get into the NFL's handling of it, but, I think we saw last night, you know, the NFL apparently told both teams, you know, when 
when he leaves the field, you got five minutes or so and, and, you know, gather your thoughts. We're going to go play football. And, and I, I'm sure you've seen the video now of Zach Taylor walking across the field and talking with, to, with Sean McDermott. And it, it seems like by all accounts, and I don't know as if the NFL would ever admit this, but it seems like the players and the teams just said, no, we're, we're not playing. Right. Um, and I give, um, I give those, those coaches and, you know, Zach Taylor in particular, a lot of credit for, just being a human being and um, and seeing that the players, you know, a football game should be the furthest thing from everybody's mind, and, and they absolutely did the right thing um, by walking back to the locker room and um, and and just being together uh, than than trying to play a football game after that. But um, I don't know. I, I don't have much to say. I, I like I said. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm having a hard time talking about it because I've. Yeah, I've never witnessed the, something like that, uh, you know, live and and you know, watching it and and just the way that the whole thing transpired. The interesting thing too is the NFL is denying that whole five minute thing also now. So uh, the other, the only thing I could compare it to Stephen, it was my first year working at SU, and it was terrifying. Then was when that official at the SU game had to be resuscitated on the field, and it, you don't know what to do. Like and nobody knows what to do. I mean, it, it's weird that. Just there was thirty thousand people, and it just went dead silent in that place. Yeah, and, and it was for the whole time. And it's it's really it's really uh, it, it was difficult to watch. And I, I just hope that the kid is okay. Yeah, um, it, it, I think that's a, a great comparison. Something we can relate to, uh, Paulie. I think the other one that that I think of because it it happened literally like ten feet from me, and and I've gotten to know this this young man very well is Julian Wiggum when when he uh, was injured at at Florida State, and I was there covering the game for Channel Nine, and I was in the end zone uh, shooting with a camera, and uh, and that injury happened literally like ten feet from me. And, you know, he was down and obviously that was a, a life or death situation as well. And fortunately, it all worked out for him. And, you know, he's he's healthy again and living his life and, and, and really thriving and, and doing great. And um, you hope that DeMar Hamlin has that opportunity again. And, and right now we just don't know. And I thought ESPN did a nice job last night um, avoiding the temptation to speculate and just reporting the facts and what they saw and what they heard and um and we're going to continue to do the same thing i mean we 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 don't know you know and and i think that's sometimes that's the hardest part um you know for family and friends of of somebody who's sick and we've all been there unfortunately the the not knowing is is what is 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 hard for the family and friends and you know stefan diggs we saw that video of him arriving at the hospital last night and kind of talking his way in he just wanted to be he just wanted to be there. Um, you know, he couldn't see his fallen teammate, but you know, he was just there with the family, and um, and that's all we can do right now is, is pray. And I, I said that I thought ESPN did a great job. I thought Ryan Clark in particular. I, I don't know how much of the coverage you watched, Paulie, but Scott Van Pelt, and Ryan Clark were on for a good hour, and um, I thought Ryan Clark did a great job uh, providing some perspective, and he can offer a unique perspective. Um, on this this situation. Let, let's hear from Ryan Clark and some of what he had to say last night. So many times in this game, and in, in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, 
you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly. That side of football that no one ever wants to see mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it, and now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. Well said by Ryan Clark, and I, I think it does offer uh, a perspective for all of us. You know, we we love to cheer on our teams, root for our teams, root against the teams we don't like, and certain players and fantasy football and sports. Bet you know, n none of that matters, and it um, it really does put everything in perspective um, when a moment like this happens. And again, you just you hope he pulls through, and you hope he's able to leave that hospital bed like Ryan Clark was able to, and Julian Wiggum was able to, and and you know so many others have been able to. But this is a this is a really serious thing, and we have seen guys get paralyzed on the field before and suffer torn ACLs and gruesome injuries. And, and what do they do? You know, they, they cart the guy off the field and they keep playing the game. And I, I think last night you knew right away that, that this was different and that this was a whole nother level of, uh, of what we've seen before. And, um, you know, I was, I was doing some research as we were ready to hit the air today and they're, they're calling it a, a one in 200 million injury um the the chances of something like this happening one in 200 million and um and that young man's you know fighting for his life right now in cincinnati steve you say that and the first thing uh, last night when i was laying in bed the only thing i could think of is how lucky are all sports players that things like this don't happen more often you know i sit and watch 162 baseball games every year and that ball will kill you, you know, how, how yeah. it, ha you know, how it has. And I, uh, it, it's amazing. And I think as fans and players, everybody's kind of lucky that this stuff doesn't happen that, that often hockey, there's guys skating with blades on and, yeah. you know, that puck, that puck is intense. It's, it's scary. And it, it just kind of did put everything in perspective and it kind of makes it silly for us, to, you know, two guys that sit and, talk about it you know it, it just kind of put it all in perspective yeah uh no doubt and um and like i said we'll, we'll try to talk about some other things today and I, I hope that that doesn't come across as insensitive obviously you know he, he is on our minds and um you know thoughts and prayers it sounds like such a cliche but that it really is what you know i i fully believe in the power of prayer and and um you know let, let's hope that uh let's hope that he pulls through um, so we will take a break here. We are going to try to talk about some other things. We do have John Schmelk on the other side, and, and we'll, we'll get his thoughts uh, on what he saw last night. And um, we'll, we'll move on with the show right after this. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio.
ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Paulie in Louisville, Steve in Syracuse, artist of the day, Guns and Roses, Paradise City. Everybody knows this jam. Of course. We're doing this because uh, November Rain was the first 90s video to get a billion views on YouTube today, Steve. All That's right. a lot of views. Uh, and with, oh. it is, that is a lot of views. Uh, and with that, let's catch up uh, to us. <laughs> we'll bring on our final guest here in hour number one. Uh, as promised, uh, please be joined by SU Assistant Coach Alan Griffin now, who's uh, obviously in Louisville, getting ready for a basketball game tonight. Griff, always great to have you on. How are you today? Happy New Year to you. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys. So, you know, this long break that you guys had, you you lose to Pittsburgh by two on December 20th, and, you know, the guys got to go home and kind of clear their heads and and come back, and and you beat BC by 14, and and now you're you're getting ready for the the rest of your season, right? I mean, how, how important was that? that stretch, that that layoff to, to let everybody kind of, like I said, clear their heads, not think about basketball for a few days, you know, reset and uh, kind of come back with a fresh start. It was good for us. I, I think, um, you know, our guys been going since the first summer session. Uh, we've been practicing. And so to get that time, of, you know, during the holidays to spend time with their families, it was it was good for us. And, you know, obviously as a coaching staff, it was good for us to kind of, you know, take a step back and, and, and see some – you know, see what we got and, and kind of assess the situation and then kind of, you know, kind of move forward for this stretch run here. You know, we, we saw against Boston College four guys in double figures, and it was, you know, the three usual suspects, Joe and Judah and Jesse. And then the fourth was Benny Williams. And, and I think it was, you know, from the outside looking into this program, it was great to see Benny get it going. You, you know the potential is there. And, you know, the way he scored and rebounded the basketball and just kind of got after it against Boston College. Is that the kind of performance that, that you as coaches, you've been seeing in practice or you know he's capable of, but we finally got to see it in the game? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, why Coach rides him a little bit uh, as much as he does is because he knows it's in there. And, you know, he wouldn't be the coach that he is if he didn't, you know, expect that from, you know, Benny. So, you know, kind of moving forward for the rest of our season, if, if we can get the effort that he, you know, did it against Boston College, I, mean, I think uh, we'll be in the uh, driver's seat a lot more uh, because uh, he played phenomenally. He's lights out. He he did a great job on the boards, uh, made his shots. It was just one of those things. It was a great sight to see because uh, that's what this team needs. And, and if we want to do anything down the stretch here, you know, Benny has to play that way. You know, I'm not going to ask you for exact numbers, but after the game uh, with BC, Coach Bayard said Benny was shooting the ball better in practice, and that's why he didn't get yelled at this game uh, when he was taking those shots. What constitutes shooting better in practice, and like how long of a stretch do you have to do it to get the green light? You know, it's just one of the, it's a it's a constant thing. It's a it's a a, a, a thing that you can just see. When a player is, you know, has the ultimate confidence, um, and and you know, if you're scrimmaging and you're playing, you know, 20 minutes of practice and, and scrimmaging, and you get, you know, 10 shots, um, you, you want to be, you know, 70 percent or higher. And you know, Benny did a great job of mixing it up. It wasn't just his shooting; it was just what he did overall in terms of he rebounded in practice. He just had a different bounce to him, and uh, it, 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 you know, it showed against Boston College. You know, Griff, we saw eleven guys play against Boston College, and that's been, uh, you know, that's that's been consistent this season. You know, normally uh, we all uh, 
expect you may have to play, you know, seven, maybe eight guys when push comes to shove in close game situations, but he's been playing 10, 11 guys on a regular basis. And, you know, he's been talking after games about this guy's been playing good in practice. That guy's been playing good in practice. The fact he's playing so many guys, has that increased competition or has that increased the energy at practice? Guys knowing that if they perform day in and day out there, that they may earn themselves some time in the games. Yeah, definitely. You got to give guys credit to to even staying ready. You know, like a guy Quadier comes in the game and he was a big part of us coming back against Pittsburgh. Uh, Justin Taylor hit two big shots against uh, Boston College. You know, even you know Chris Bell. You know, he's not playing the way you know he thinks so we want him to play or think but he had his moments too so you know for those three guys because those are the guys that's rotating at that position those three guys you know those guys are uh staying ready and and doing what they have to do to prepare for you know the teams and stuff like that so um you know kudos to them but it's one of those things where it's, it's a good thing for our team to have the you know the depth that we have because again it's not you know for an opponent's team for the opponent, excuse me, you know, you just can't key on six guys. You know, you got to make sure that you, you – there's 11 guys coming at you, and that's a good thing for our program. You know, you mentioned Benny played better last game. And not just him. How do you get a guy who has struggled to when it clicks for him to keep him at that level? But, you know, that's up to him, to be honest. Um, you know, I think Coach has done a great job of just coaching him and, and coaching him up from even last year to, you know, to the BC game. And, and you know, and Coach is going to keep coaching him. And, and that's where, you know, Benny as a player, he has to make those steps, those necessary steps and keeping himself ready and keeping himself sharp. Uh, and that's just his preparation that he's been going through the last couple of weeks, which has been great. I mean, him and Coach Autry have been in the gym getting extra reps up, and it's just – and it's paying off. So, again, you know, it's, it's we just got to coach the game and, and coach our guys like we do every day, and those guys got to take those necessary steps to, you know, making sure that they're sharp and, uh, and ready to go on a night-in and night-out basis. All right, Griff, tell us about your position. Obviously, Jesse Edwards, we, we know what you're going to get out of him. He's been rock solid. How about Munir Hema and, and what he's provided uh, this team and, and you know, his, his defense, his energy? What, what do you like about him off the bench? Yeah, you know, Mo is, uh, you know, against uh... – Austin College did a great job uh, defensively. You know, I thought he, you know, he can be aggressive. He can, you know, he can go out there and just go and look to block shots. And, you know, a couple of times he used his hands a little bit too much. Uh, that's something that we, we talk about, we try to work on every day in practice. Uh, but uh, he's a great solid backup and uh, who's getting better by the day. So uh, we're just looking forward to that, to him just continue to getting better. All right, and, and we got to look ahead to tonight's matchup now. I mean, it's a Louisville team that is struggling. I mean, there's no way around it. They're, they're 2-12. and 12. Um, what, what As you get ready for this game, what stands out to you about this opponent? What uh, do they do that could potentially give you guys some problems? First and foremost, it's a really talented uh, Louisville team. I, I think they got the talent to – you know, being better than what they've shown right now. But um, the one thing that w we can't do is just, you know, a team that's struggling in the half court, we can't give them easy baskets. I think if we, you know, if we're active defense and we make these guys play half court against a set defense, uh, they'll have a little bit of trouble attacking our zone, and, and that'll, you know, benefit us. And I guess lastly, you know, you look at their record and, and you know, the, the players are human beings, right? They look at the record and they might think to themselves, oh, they're 2-12. and 12. You know, we, we got this one. How do you, 
keep them focused and and not look at the record, but as you said, look at the the talent and and look at you know the look at this as a matchup that they need to go out and they, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Nothing's a cakewalk in the ACC. They got to go out and play. How do you keep them on task? Yeah, I mean that, that you know, coach has done a great job. I mean, of, of keeping our guys focused and and you know, and we know that we're not a finished product and we're getting better. We can see where we're improved and we're improving in certain areas and we want to just continue that and keep trending in, in that way. So, um you know, coach has done a great job of making sure that our guys stay focused. I think uh, our guys do a good job of keeping themselves ready. Uh, so uh, it's just one of those things where we know that we can beat anybody in our league and we can lose anybody. And I think that's what's helped us keep our focus. All right. A, a chance to move to three and one in conference play tonight. Seven o'clock tip in Louisville. Uh, Griff, thanks so much for the time. We, uh, we appreciate it. Best of luck tonight. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, and with that, hour number one in the books. We'll take a time out here. We'll kick off hour number two next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation, sweet child Oh mine. And it's now to time to let my child speak, my son Jordan. Well, it's not quite time for that yet, Paulie. We've got, uh, oh, we got a phone call. Then we'll get we to Jordan. Yes, I'd we rather do. hear from so, Jordan. Uh, no, then we'll get to a break, go, uh, and then maybe I'll speak one day. Let's uh, let's get to David in Syracuse. He's up next on the show. Hey, David. Hey, guys. I just want to first out give my uh, thoughts and prayers to the Bills player and the family of him. And also, I just want to say, I think the NFL definitely should not play the game uh, again. And I think they should just put it down as if they tied and do let's do it that way. Go off their record. Like, they just put it down as if they tied the game and go from there. I, in my opinion, that's what I would do if I were the NFL. Because they, uh, even next week, I don't think they're going to be able to make it up. Yeah. Um, all right, David. I, I appreciate checking in. I, I think there's. I think there are a lot of different scenarios on the table, Paulie. Uh, you know, not that not that the game matters, but since that, that news uh, just came out, I, I think there's a lot of different options on the table. I, I think they they may just as as we saw during the COVID year, teams will play a different amount of games. They go by winning percentage. Um, you know, which would mean the Bills would not get the number one seed. Um, but that that may be how they do. I, I don't know as if they're going to call it a tie. I think if anything, if they don't play it, I would assume that they're just going to, yeah, say that it Scrap. wasn't played, and and Cincinnati Buffalo will play one less game than everybody, and you go off winning percentage. That that would be my guess. Um, but we'll see. I mean, with the the playoffs knocking on the door, I, I don't know how they squeeze this game in. And again, not that that even matters. And and frankly, if we're being honest, I mean, today's Tuesday. You know, if they don't know one way or the other on on how Demar's doing, like if there's not clarity on his his condition, you know, in another couple of days, I, I don't know how the Bills are going to play this weekend. To be honest with you, against the Patriots, but we'll you know we'll we'll see as as, as the as the family has said, they're taking it minute by minute, hour by hour, and day by day. So um, we won't speculate on that, but I, I think. Everything's on the table, in 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 my opinion, uh, Paulie, in, in terms of how they handle this. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they'll play the game. I honestly do. But what do I know? Are we going to do it by ourselves? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's bring in uh, let's bring in Jordan now. Um, Jordan, how are you? 
Swell, gentlemen. Great, uh, great show so far. There was a great game that happened on Sunday. In case you weren't celebrating New Year's Day, you might have heard the end of uh, Syracuse, North Carolina State as Felicia Leggett Jack's squad was this close to knocking off the 10th-ranked team in the country. Syracuse 54, they break the huddle. Everyone rising to the JMA Wireless Dome. How about this to start the new year? Number six, NC State leading by one. Hyman will inbound 30 feet away, far sideline. 3.9 to go. She claps the basketball, lops towards the rim, and it's over the outstretched arms of Lewis and out of bounds. And now the referees are converging. It looks like the original ruling was Syracuse basketball. Coach Jack chatting with two officials right in front of the Syracuse bench, and it's now going to be NC State basketball. Just that close to a big win. It would have been the first huge ACC win of the Felicia Legette Jack era. They beat Wake Forest, but that doesn't compare. But I want to know if you guys were buy or sell, big deal or no deal. Is it a big deal that Syracuse is coming close to winning these ACC games? Or do you need to see a couple wins before you start believing there's a significant change going on? I think what we've seen out of Felicia Leggett Jack so far would qualify as a, as a big deal. And, you know, they didn't finish the job. They were up by nine going into the fourth quarter there. And then, you know, I mean, NC State's an elite team. They're one of the best teams in the country. And they went on an 11-0 run. They took the lead and, you know, credit Syracuse for scratching and clawing and giving themselves a couple of chances to win. You know, uh, Georgia Woolley misses uh, one or two free throws with five seconds left. Uh, you know, the second one would have tied it. But then they're able to get a jump ball, they get another crack at it, and then it, you heard the play there from from Tim Leonard. The the pass goes out of bounds, and and they, you know, they they couldn't get the job done. But yeah, Paulie, I mean, I, I think it's a big deal. This team's ten and four, and um, it, you know, nearly knocking off a top twenty five team. You you know, top five uh, five or six team. I guess they're ranked sixth in the country. But um, I think you're seeing progress, and and I I don't think there's any doubt. We've talked about the fact that Felicia Leggett Jack feels like the the right person for the job, and um, she has been uh, every bit as good as advertised, in my opinion. Right, and uh, they lost at Louisville, too. And they, I don't know a lot about women's basketball, but Louisville's pretty good. And it's not easy to win there uh, or here, wherever I am. But, you know, it's, you know, if they're a mid-level ACC team this year in her first year, that's a good thing. Oh, it's a success, yes, based on where they were coming from. I, no doubt. So, uh, so, yes, Jordan, I think it's a big deal. All right, let's do another big deal or no deal. Donovan Mitchell last night. In overtime, dropped 71 points. But what I want to know, is this a big deal or no deal? And you're going to test it. He's the seventh player to do this in NBA history. Can you guys name the other six? Kobe, Wilt. Kobe and Wilt right off the bat. Uh, Devin Booker did Jordan's it. Jordan's had to have done it. Nope. Uh, no on who? Jordan, Jordan had a nice game, Jordan. but he only got to 69. I knew that. So we're right on the other three. Kobe, Wilt, and Devin Booker. So that's half of them. You've got uh, uh, no Jordan. Two of them have the same first name. Would Would Iverson have done it? No. I feel like that's something Iverson could have done, no? No. Okay, so it must not uh, be that big of nothing. a deal. The other three, Elgin Baylor, David Thompson, and David Robinson. Oh. I would have, I would have never guessed David Robinson. Yeah. Oh 
That's crazy. But do you think 71 points in overtime yes, in the NBA? Deal. Even 34 yes. shots, you're just out there sniping yes. in overtime. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, 71 yes. points 71. is a big deal. I'm just making sure because yes. you guys only knew half the guys so who have ever done it. Average. You, you don't, Hang on. You just said on 34 shots. How would you like him to get to 71? Like It's <laughs> not like he had 71 on 70 shots. It's 71. On, that's generally how it works, Jordan. It's about half the amount of shots. I realized there was free throws thrown in, but that's generally how it works. So you need about half the shots. All I'm saying is we only number. know half the guys who have ever done it. How big of a deal is it really? Well, no, no. Well, but it, in fairness, it's those, not those who's other three were a while ago. <laughs> it's, it's not who's done it. Those are all great NBA players, and there's six of them. So yeah. it's not like it's not like he's mixed in with like four hundred or a thousand other dudes who've done it. There's six of them. Okay, and I got one more. Yeah, I got- would say it's I would say it's harder to score seventy in a game than throw a no hitter. Right? Would we agree Ooh. on that? Um. Yeah. Well, like, I don't like, know. Like you no, you there's not going to be no, a no. If you give up a 70, hit, it's right? over. You if you miss ten shots, throw a no hitter. You could shoot fifty. I more. feel like basket. I feel like basketball. You could. Script it to where your guy only only one guy shoots, so okay. it makes it. But you you just rat, we just rattled off the list. Of, I mean, those are those are great players. Yes, you could, you could be a you yes. could be a mediocre pitcher that throws a no hitter. Alec Mills for a variety Correct. of reasons. I don't think you could be a mediocre basketball player and score seventy in a game. Well, if you took every shot, <laughs> yeah, but you don't I see that. Like this, that's not real life. That's a video game. That's not real life. Do you have a uh, one well, more? Kobe did it. Give me one more. We are short on time. I want to okay. keep talking basketball, go. but I want to go college. Which of these upsets was the biggest deal for you since we were last on the air? Is it Rutgers taking down first-ranked Purdue? Is it Xavier taking down second-ranked UConn? Was it Miami beating Virginia, or was it Pitt beating UNC? Which of these shocked you guys the most? Rutgers. I think Purdue losing to Rutgers, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. I mean, Xavier's a top twenty-five team, um, and UNC's that was that was a whole game for them. Yeah, UNC's been struggling. Pitt's uh, Pitt's not bad. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that. Um, Six point dogs against Virginia tonight. Pitt is watch out. Yeah, uh, I think it's definitely the Rutgers game. All right, let's uh, let's take our final time out here on the show. We'll wrap things up right after this on ESPN Radio.